everyone. You are here for my yearly sermon. Happy spring. Second day of spring, I think it is. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk by the Spirit. And I was looking, when we were singing that song, We Are God's People, I really like this verse 3. It says, no, verse 4, we are a temple, the Spirit's dwelling place, formed in great weakness, a cup to hold God's grace. I think that's very poetically put and uh, a great way to think about the Holy Spirit. Won't you pray with me? Lord, it's humbling to stand up here to teach your church about something I do not fully understand, something I'm still learning myself. So help us as your children to learn together, Lord. I want to ask that you lead me with your spirit to preach your word. I am not adequate and I fail in many ways, but I look to you, Lord. Help us to understand more how to live and walk by the Spirit. I pray that even your Spirit would illuminate our minds through your word, that we might love and glorify you more and more each day and love each other more and more. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So... um, As I said, we're going to learn about how to walk in the power of the Spirit and what that means. It's definitely not going to be exhaustive. uh, And I've tried not to uh, back up the truck, so I spent the last couple days Xing out things. So, but we're going to learn something. And uh, I hope that you will understand and uh, be able to know what walking by the Spirit means. So uh, what I'd like you to do is open your bulletin, and the outline is called The Four C's. You're going to see four C's there. But the title is actually Walking by the Spirit. So you can put that up there as well. So I'd like you to turn with me to Galatians 5, 16 to 26, and follow along as I read. Now, I'm using the NIV, and you probably have the ESV, so uh, they're, pretty, they're similar but a little different. But I chose to use uh, the NIV for the sermon, so just follow along. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh Desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Now, I've worked very hard on uh, an analogy, and I have uh, worked it and reworked it, and in Sunday school, we tried it, and it didn't work very well. But uh, they, they, asked, they said that I should try it anyhow, so I'm going to do that. So I'm, I've got a little um, a prompt here, a little prop. So I want to ask the kids to pay attention so this is something you can understand. Uh, so what do you think this is, kids? Okay, that's a good guess. This is a little tricky because it doesn't really look. It's a flashlight. Good job. So what does a flashlight do? You could say it. It lights things. It makes things brighter. It shines. It, what else? Anything else? Is that you, Eric? Did you say something? You can talk, Eric. Go ahead. Makes darkness go away. That's right. It guides you. Helps you to see things. So, kids, how do I make this flashlight work? I press a button. Okay, I'm pressing the button and nothing's happening. What? Batteries? Oh, you have to have batteries. Why, why do we need batteries? To, to charge it? To give it power. Okay, well... I did this in uh, Sunday school and it didn't work and I dropped all the batteries. So I have a battery here. I didn't take them all out. Let's see if your theory is right. What happens? Ah, it works. So it's not enough just to have the flashlight. You have to have power, right? And I'll try to turn it off. So without batteries, the flashlight is useless. Stay with me. Trying to live the Christian life that God has called us is like trying to use a flashlight without batteries. It just won't shine. It won't work. It will lead to frustration and discouragement. So the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential, not only in our salvation coming to Christ, it's absolutely essential For the power we need to live the Christian life. The power to be holy. The power to love God. To love others. So we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to talk about. Paul, the apostle, wrote the book of Galatians to a church that was being deceived by false teaching. People, teachers that wanted to distort the gospel. The false teachers were teaching them that faith in Christ was not enough for salvation. They were rejecting Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. They also were being taught that to become holy, to live the Christian life, they needed to keep the law. 
They needed to get circumcised and basically become Jewish. So basically they were saying, Jesus is good, you need Jesus, but you also need the law, you need to become Jewish, so you need Jesus plus these things. To which Paul responded in Galatians 3, 1 to 3. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? So Paul is saying to them, the Holy Spirit is essential for salvation and for living the Christian life. So this is the context of the passage we're going to look at this morning. And uh, Jacob has done a very, sorry, a very good job at uh, explaining Galatians. So we're not going to go deep into all the things that he covered. So let's go through the scripture text. We're going to go line by line and follow along in your outline for the four C's of this text. Verse 16 says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So Galatians 5.16 gives us our first C, which is the command. The command is, I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the flesh. So it's a command to live, to walk by the spirit. It's not a good idea. It's not a strategy or suggestion it's a command that we're given to obey. Why? Why do we need to walk according to the Spirit? Well, we talked about we don't have power to live the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. But Paul talks about so we will not gratify the flesh. Keep that in mind. So Paul's using this metaphor of walking. He says, walk in the spirit. Now, walking is a good metaphor that communicates the idea of moment by moment, one step at a time, one step as your life unfolds. We can only live in the present moment. We were talking about this uh, in Sunday school, that the way we live life is one moment at a time. And that's how we live our Christian life. As the, as the Holy Spirit unfolds it to us as we live. We can't live in the past. The past affects us, but we can't go back in the past. We can't live in the future. But we live in the moment. And that's the idea as we go, as we walk. And that's a, a metaphor that's used a lot in the Bible. Walk in love. Uh, walk in purity. Walk. So it's, it's, it's useful, and Paul uses it a lot. So we already have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us when we placed our faith in Christ. If we don't have the spirit of Christ in us, we're not believers. Um, the spirit is what comes into us and regenerates us. So there's no such thing as a believer without the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 and 9 tells us, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. 
And again, also in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So if you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. So the other thing we have to realize is that the Spirit gives us all the resources that we need to live the Christian life. We have to realize that and we have to believe it and trust it. So I wanted to list some of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. I won't give all the the verses, but I'm just going to um, list some. And this is not exhaustive. He brings us into relationship with God. The Holy Spirit illuminates scripture so we know God's will. He gives us power to live the Christian life. He intercedes for us in prayer. He makes us holy like our Lord Jesus Christ. We call that sanctification. He leads us. He comforts us and much, much more. Jesus lived his entire life perfectly in submission to the Holy Spirit. Without flaw, sinlessly, he did it. He's our, he's our example. And he also promised to send the Holy Spirit to us. It's part of God's plan. It's part of the plan of redemption and it's part of the gospel that we have the Holy Spirit with us. That was God's plan. As you recall, he uh, dwelt with Adam and Eve in the garden. He uh, was with the children of Israel when they were in the wandering in the promised land with a, a, a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. Then he dwelt with them. He wanted to be with them. He was in the tabernacle. So he was present with them. And then he had David build a temple so he could be present in the temple with his people. And when Jesus came, we remember the the uh, the curtain was torn and now he dwells actually in us. That's why we're his temple. So he promises to send the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist says this in Mark 1, 4. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And John fourteen fifteen, Jesus tells us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. See, at that time, the Spirit dwelt with, not in. So, the command is to walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We're going to get into what the flesh is in a minute. So, it sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? All we have to do is walk by the Spirit, in the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. But we see a conflict. So we, this, the idea is very easy in principle to walk by spirit, but it's difficult to live out. Why is it difficult to live out? Why is it difficult to walk in the spirit? And that brings us to our second C. There's a conflict. Verse 17 tells us, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, 
They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Well, that's a little bit confusing there at the end. So the conflict we see is between the spirit and the flesh. So we have these two things that are going on in us, the spirit and the flesh. Well, let's take a look at the flesh. What is the flesh? Now, the Bible uses the flesh in three different ways, and it's important to know what the flesh means in a particular um, verse. So one way the Bible uses the flesh is just basically our, our bodies, just our physical bodies. Another way, the second way, it talks about human effort when it says the flesh. And Paul uses that in Galatians 3. And this is what he says. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? What he's saying is, are you trying to finish your, you know, your walk, the Christian life in your own effort, in your own strength? Human effort, self-effort. Now, the third way is our unredeemed and fallenness. Uh, this, this nature we have, this fallen nature, this unredeemed humanness taints and wants to control our feelings, our thoughts, and our behavior. Some call this the sinful nature. But it's, it's in us. Now, Christians, as Christians, we can be dominated by the flesh. Because remember, it's a command to walk by the Spirit. We can be walking in the Spirit, and a little bit later we can be walking in the flesh, depending upon how we react to certain things. So that's why it's a moment by moment. And that's where Christian maturity comes in, as as we learn to walk in His Spirit. Now, I could tell you, it's very easy to, for me to tell you all these things, and I know all these things in my head, but do you know it's very hard for me to live these out? And that's why it's hard to preach about it, because I'm, I'm in the flesh more than I'm in the spirit. And uh, I don't want it to be that way, but uh, it, that tends to be how I live my life. But that doesn't mean we, we give up. Okay, so that's why we could be around some Christians that are very difficult to be around. And maybe we are can be very difficult to be around because we're living and walking in the flesh. So we sort of uh, struggle with the flesh in varying degrees. Uh, so but it says in verse 16, the only way to overcome the flesh is through the Holy Spirit. There's not five easy steps. There's not. Rules to keep, it's the Holy Spirit. Um, the, whole, the unredeemed flesh that we have will be with us till our bodies are resurrected. So it's something we have to learn to deal with. And it's something that uh, we can through the power of the Spirit. The power of the flesh is great, but the power of the Spirit is greater. I like Romans 8.11 that tells us, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. So this spirit is powerful enough to raise Christ from the dead. So it's powerful enough to overcome 
our flesh. It's resurrection power. So we must walk by the Spirit to overcome the flesh. Now, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, that's a little bit confusing. Why does, why does that show up in this verse? What does it mean? Under the law here means to be under self-effort, to be right with God. You, you're, you're trying to keep rules to please God. But to be led by the Spirit is not to live the Christian life by self-effort, but the effort of the Holy Spirit. So you're not under self-effort, you're under the Spirit and the Spirit's control. Now the third C we're going to look at is the contrast. We're going to see a contrast between the Spirit and the flesh. It's not a pretty list. The acts of the flesh, verse 19, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here are the deeds of the flesh, and we can categorize these. Uh, They're not exhaustive either. Because at the end, Paul says in verse 21, and the like. So let's look uh, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. These all equal sexual sins. Idolatry and witchcraft. They equal self-effort, religion. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. These all can be categorized as relational sins. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like, drinking, partying, carousing, those are those type of sins. But realize that all sin comes from the flesh. Verse 21 continues, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Does this verse mean that if you practice things, you are not saved and going to hell? No. But if your total life is saturated by the deeds of the flesh and these things mark your life and your practice and you have no conviction about these things, you probably are not saved. And Paul says you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But two things I want you to consider, because it can sound like you can lose your salvation, but that's not what Paul's talking about. We at times, even many times, walk in the flesh as believers. Maybe not all of the sins and attitudes listed that we just read, but we struggle with aspects of these sins because we have an internal conflict going on between the flesh and the spirit. We enter this conflict when we are redeemed, when we come to know the Lord. So... Know you are saved if this conflict or battle exists in you, because it's an indicator that the Spirit is indwelling you. The unbeliever simply doesn't have this conflict or battle going on with sin. So sometimes people feel like, I, I, you know, I'm sinning all the time. Maybe I'm not saved. Well, if you're worried about that and you don't want that to be the case, that's probably a good indicator that you are saved. 
because you have this battle going on. Otherwise, you just uh, hurl headlong into it. And a lot of people think, you know, I'm coming when I come to the Lord, my life's going to get better. Everything's going to be easy because now uh, I have God. and I'll be blessed. My problems will go away and I'll have a, you know, a comfortable, easy life. But that's not in the Bible. That's not the Christian life. It's it's a battle. And uh, one, one of our biggest battles is the battle that we face with the flesh that dwells in us. Now, here's the contrast of what the spirit produces in our lives. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things. There is no law. This fruit is produced by the Holy Spirit. It's not produced by the flesh or human effort. We can't make this fruit happen in our lives. This is something the Holy Spirit is doing. But it's something we can cooperate with. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get practical. What does this look like? We don't want to keep it all up here in sort of cliches. Like, just walk by the Spirit. We want to know what that means. And in verse 23, he says, Against such things there is no law. Against this fruit, against this Spirit, the power of the Spirit, there is no law. So the law, again, as I said, represents human effort. And the law gives us no power to produce fruit. It just tells us this is the way we should live. This is the way we should be. It doesn't give us the power to do that. We don't need the law because the Holy Spirit produces fruit that enables us to love God and love others. So the Holy Spirit is actually fulfilling the requirements of the law in us. And through us. And Galatians tells us this in just a, just a couple verses before. Galatians 5.14 says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The Spirit gives us the power and enables us to do that. And in verse 18 says that we just read, But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So you're not under this self-effort anymore. You are under the power of the Holy Spirit. So finally, the fourth C is the conquest that we find in verses 24 and 25. How do we overcome the flesh and walk and live in the power of the Holy Spirit? Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So when we came to Christ by faith in in His grace, we crucified the flesh and its passions. We said, I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. And I trust Christ and His work on the cross that He took my place. We've crucified it. But there's an already and not yet to this because we still sin. But God sees Christ's righteousness when he sees us. But in practice, we still sin and walk according to the flesh. So we keep in step with the Holy Spirit because it tells us to keep in step. That's that walking analogy. By crucifying the flesh. 
And what does that mean? Disobeying the desires of the flesh. We're called to disobey the flesh, not the spirit. So it's not a mystical thing. It's not a passive life that we live. Like we said, it's a battle. It's not a one-time holy zap from the spirit or slaying of the spirit. It's not a feeling. It, it, it may there sometimes we have feelings, but it's not a feeling. It's a very practical day by day, moment by moment living. We have to daily crucify the flesh and its passions and yield to the spirit. We're going to talk about what that means and and how we know what to yield to. And Colossians 3, 5 tells us, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. We because we're regenerated, because we've been changed, we're new creations. We can now crucify the flesh. We now have the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do this. It's part of our salvation. The flesh doesn't need to control us anymore. We are set free to submit and obey to God. And Romans 8.12 tells us, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh. We don't have to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, and this is key, but if by the Spirit, by the Spirit's power, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So the Spirit enables us to deny the flesh and obey Him. And that's... The power we're talking about without the spirit, we don't we can't do that. The continued conquest comes as we not only crucify the flesh, but we decide through the spirit's power to keep in step with the spirit. Verse 25, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Paul is saying we live by the spirit. We were saved by the spirit. Now we or to live our lives in the Spirit's power, keeping in step, moment by moment, obeying Him. So how do we walk in the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit? Again, it's not a mystical feeling. It's not a voice in our head. It's not a second baptism. No, it's, it's pretty practical. So if we're to keep in step and follow the Spirit, how do we know where the Spirit wants to go or what He wants us to do? You know, when we say walk in the Spirit, okay, what, is, what does that mean? Where am I to go? Well, Colossians 3.16 tells us, gives us a hint. It's sort of a parallel passage to this. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving, thankfulness in your hearts. So we, the words of Christ need to dwell richly within us. So the Holy Spirit inspired, inspires the word of God. That is, where, that is what the will of God is, the word of God. That's what we need to keep in step with. So we have to read it. We have to know it. We have to be saturated with his word. The spirit takes his word and empowers us as we know it and leads us moment by moment, situation by situation. 
so that we can obey those words. So we have to know the word. We, we just can't realize that we uh, have power. We have to believe it, that we now have the power to obey God. Basically, we have to yield, submit, surrender, and follow the Spirit's leading. All that is really a way of just saying we have to obey God's word. There's other things that, like I said, is not exhaustive, exhaustive things that help us in walking in the Spirit. We depend on the Lord through prayer. Uh, we realize our need of others in the church. Because you can't live the Christian life on your own. You need others to help you stay in the Spirit, and that's another sermon because that's Galatians 6, which talks about um, speaking the truth in love to one another. You who are spiritual, go to this other brother who's, or sister who's struggling. So you, we help, we don't correct each other to say, oh, well, I'm, I got it right, but you're wrong, and I feel good about myself because I'm better than you. It's not, we want to help each other stay in step with the Spirit. And God uses, uses each other to do that. You need others to help you stay full of the Spirit. Just We have to remember that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, not only through His Word, but through other believers and their giftedness. And we need to speak to each other. And that's why we need to be involved with discipleship groups, a discovery group, whatever, where you're hearing the word, where people can speak into your life. And not only people speak into your life, but we need to speak into each other's life. So let me recap here. How do we walk in the Spirit and keep in step with Him? Realize you have the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Crucify what your flesh wants daily, moment by moment, situation by situation. Obey God's word. Trust that the Holy Spirit is working and will produce fruit. Be patient. Remember, um, also in 6 it says there's a sowing and reaping. That don't, uh, do, do not grow weary in, in do, doing good, for in due time you will receive a, a crop. That was a bad um, paraphrase. Um, so we have to be patient. Sometimes obeying God is not something that we're obeying like do not like do not lust. Okay, that's something we can obey or do not steal. Well, I'm not stealing. But sometimes obeying God is obeying what he says is true, believing what he says is true. Um, and we're going to talk about that. I'm going to get into uh, personal application here. So I want you to think of a sin you struggle with. You don't have to say it out loud. It could be impatience, lust, relational conflict, your marriage, marital conflict. Maybe you struggle with fits of rage, anxiety, depression. So here's what's going to happen. When you face this situation, there's going to be a reaction. The flesh wants you to react in a fleshly, sinful way. The Spirit wants you to react in a spiritual, Christ-like way. You know what the Spirit wants because you know what God's Word says about this. You have a choice to make. React in the flesh 
and you experience death. This is what the Bible calls quenching or grieving the spirit when we don't listen to the spirit or react to what the spirit wants and experience life and the fruit of the spirit. Because we have the power to crucify the flesh, disobey the flesh, and to obey God. That's the kind of power we have in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, all you have to do is keep doing this moment by moment, day by day, for the rest of your lives until you go to be with the Lord. Remember this, too. Even if you don't understand completely how all this works, or even if you forget about the Holy Spirit from time to time, He's still working in our lives. He's still working. I don't fully understand all of this. But Philippians 1, 6 says, Faithful is he who called you, and he also will bring it to pass. He's going to get us there. But we do need to learn. We do need to get into God's word. And he uses his word, the spirit. So in conclusion, I hope this sermon helps you to understand a little bit better the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk in the spirit. And I'm going to leave you with some homework for today or during the week. Read Romans 8, and if you're really ambitious, uh, 6, 7, and 8. Because it, it really, this, what I'm talking about is, is not just in Galatians, it's throughout the Bible. And Romans 8, really, uh, I'd, I'd love to read it, but it would take too long. It's, it's just very helpful in understanding what, what it means to, to put off the flesh and to live in the Spirit. It's very practical. So it's sort of a parallel passage. So I'm going to leave you with that, with some homework, and uh, let's pray. Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you for your wonderful plan of salvation, for reconciling us to yourself, for reconciling for yourself a people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, Help us to learn more and more of how to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit and not live in the power of the flesh, which frustrates us and discourages us as we seek to follow you. We want to bring you glory. We want to walk faithfully, moment by moment, Lord, as life comes to us. Throughout the whole time you've given us on this earth, I thank you that this conflict and battle with the flesh will be over someday and we will be with you in holiness. Help us as we leave today to remember how essential and vital it is for us to keep in step with the Holy Spirit to live our Christian lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.